This is Radio Romania International. You are listening to our one-hour broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa. We can also be heard on the Internet at www.rri.ro channel 1. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and other social media platforms. Our programs are also available on TuneIn and via satellite Eurosat 16A on 11.512 MHz vertical polarization, azimuth 16 degrees east, symbol rate 29.950 megasymbols per second, standard DVB-S2, modulation 8PSK, audio PID 510. We wish you good reception conditions. Hello, I'm your host, Elena Enake, bringing you the news. But first, let's take a quick look at the weather picture. It's nice and warm across the country, with maximum temperatures ranging from 14 to 27 degrees Celsius. The noon reading in Bucharest was 24 degrees. And now the news, the headlines. The Bucharest government continues this week to analyze the energy legislation. The chief of the Romanian Army General Staff, Daniel Petrescu, will pay a visit to the United States from October 31st to November 9th. A number of American billionaires and Hollywood stars spent the weekend in Romania at Bran Castle near Brasov, a venue known as Dracula Castle. The victims of the deadly fire at the collective nightclub in Bucharest were commemorated on Sunday in the capital city. A religious service was also held in memory of the victims. Seven years have passed since the fire that killed 64 young people. Some of those found guilty for the fire are finally behind bars. However, the injured, the relatives of the people who died and the three NGOs say that the investigation has not been completed and that the problem of fire safety measures in public spaces and of the infectious bacteria in hospitals has not been solved. Three NGOs have staged a protest march in Bucharest to bring to public attention the fact that the investigation has not been completed and that not all those guilty for the tragedy have been brought to justice. Stay tuned for more on this topic after the news. The Bucharest government continues this week to analyze the energy legislation in an attempt to control the increase in prices in the field and is also working on a strategy for non-energy mineral resources. Also this week, the Romanian government is preparing the strategy for non-energy mineral resources, Horizon 2035. The normative act aims to find mineral resources that can be exploited to create a national copper industry to produce finished products with high added value and to ensure the superior exploitation of graphite for the production of batteries in the country. At the same time, the ordinance on capping the price of firewood comes back to the attention of the senators from the specialized committees after the document drawn up by the government triggered a crisis on the market. Most likely, the ordinance will be amended by the senators so that the vulnerable categories are supported during the winter period. 
Invoking a drone attack on its ships in the Black Sea, Moscow has suspended its participation in the inspection of ships transporting grain from Ukraine, according to the Joint Coordination Center in Istanbul that brings together delegates from Russia, Ukraine, Turkey and the United Nations. The accord that allowed for the controlled export of Ukrainian grain took effect on August 1st and is due to expire on November 19. The deal allowed for the export of 10 million tons of cereals and other agricultural products from the Ukrainian ports. The U.S. has firmly criticized Moscow's decision with President Joe Biden saying the move will aggravate hunger in the world. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky required Russia's exclusion from G20. A number of American billionaires and Hollywood stars spent the weekend in Romania at Bran Castle near Brasov, a venue known as Dracula Castle. The exclusive party was organized, according to the media, by the world's richest person, Elon Musk, the founder of Tesla and the new owner of Twitter. Among those almost 140 guests were board members of large companies such as Google, PayPal, SpaceX or Gigafound, as well as actress Angelina Jolie. A director was hired to stage the party entitled Dracula's Experience. Musk asked for meals to be prepared by 12 of Romania's best chefs. Bran Castle has been associated by the Western world with Dracula's story and has been rented before for Halloween parties with zombies and vampires. The chief of the Romanian army, General Stav Daniel Petrescu, will pay a visit to the United States starting today until November 9th to meet with military officials in that country and with representatives of security think tanks. The visit is part of actions meant to consolidate military cooperation with the United States. The solid ties between the two countries are the natural result of the strategic partnership between Bucharest and Washington, in keeping with Romania's national interests of promoting stability in Europe. National mourning has been declared in South Korea after over 150 people, mostly young people, died on Saturday in a stampede in the capital Seoul. World leaders, including President Klaus Johannes and Prime Minister Nikolai Chuka, sent their condolences to the mourning families. And that was the news. Bucharest authorities analyze energy legislation and a strategy on the exploitation of mineral resources. I'm Mihaela Ignatescu with more in this report by Daniela Budu. The Bucharest government continues this week to analyze the energy legislation in an attempt to control the increase in prices in the field and is also working on a strategy for mineral resources. At the same time, the ordinance on capping the price of firewood comes back to the attention of the senators from the specialized committees, after the document drawn up by the government triggered a crisis on the market. With regard to energy, the executive is analyzing the draft of a normative act developed by the relevant ministry, which would regulate, under certain conditions, the internal market. The State Secretary with the Ministry of Energy, Dan Dragan, says that the market has been somewhat regulated, but that new measures are being sought for the future. 
as well than the gun. În acest moment analizăm toate oportunitățile, toate opțiunile și toate scenariile. At this moment we are analyzing all opportunities, all options and scenarios that can be prepared in case such a measure becomes necessary. The market is already somewhat regulated through the ceilings that were established for both electricity and natural gas. As I said, we are evaluating certain scenarios that we could implement and we are also in discussions with partners in the government, namely the Ministry of Finance, to see the sources needed for these payments. Also this week, the Romanian government is preparing the strategy for non-energy mineral resources, Horizon 2035. The normative act aims to find mineral resources that can be exploited to create a national copper industry to produce finished products with high added value and to ensure the superior exploitation of graphite for the production of batteries in the country. As regards the crisis on the Romanian wood market, after capping the price at approximately 80 euro per cubic meter, firewood and derived products have disappeared from the market. In this context, specialists in the field point out that the capped price is not realistic because it does not cover costs such as processing or transport. Moreover, the representatives of the ProLem Association demand the reduction of VAT to 5% for all wooden products intended for home heating, given that the price cap has created severe blockages in the market. According to them, there cannot be a single price valid for all firewood distribution chains. Most likely, the ordinance on the firewood price cap will be amended by the senators so that the vulnerable categories are supported during the winter period. The Save Romania Senator Aurelo Prinoio explains what this support will consist of. To come up with a system of vouchers in which we can help the vulnerable ones, as we did for other categories of citizens of Romania in this period of crisis, with a ceiling and obviously with support for electricity or gas. The senators must come up with a solution these days, otherwise the ordinance will pass silently in the current form in the Senate, which is the first chamber notified. The dozens of victims of the fire at the collective nightclub seven years ago were commemorated on Sunday in Bucharest. I'm Cristina Matescu with this report by Stefan Stoica. On October the 30th, 2015, during a rock concert at the collective nightclub in Bucharest, a fire broke out caused by fireworks that were not properly handled. The fire expanded quickly and 64 young people were killed during or in the aftermath of the tragic accident. They were commemorated at the site of the club on Sunday and three NGOs held a march between the club and the Prosecutor General's office to warn that the investigation did not go far enough and that not all those guilty are paying for their actions. The representatives of the NGOs and the victims' families says attempts were made to distract the public from the fact that the state of hospitals and the decisions made by the authorities were responsible for more victims than the fire itself. They also say that the problem of the healthcare system, of the beds and hospitals for fire victims and of infections acquired by patients in hospital care is far from being solved. 
Moreover, public spaces, including schools, are still allowed to remain open despite not ensuring protection against fire and emergency situations. Healthcare Minister Alexandru Rafila said including cases of hospital-acquired infections when assessing the activity of hospital managers will help shed more light on the situation of the healthcare system. He said such infections occur not only in Romania, but admitted that their frequency here is much higher compared with other countries. It took six years and a half for the courts to issue final sentences in the collective case and for those responsible for the biggest peacetime tragedy in Romania to end up behind bars. Cristian Popescu-Piedone, the former mayor of Bucharest Sector 4 and who in the meantime had been elected mayor of Sector 5, was sentenced to four years in prison for abuse of office. The club owners received between six and eleven years and eight months in prison. On trial in this case were also the two members of the fire service of the Bucharest Inspectorate for Emergency Situations who made checks at the nightclub but who did not take the legal measures with respect to fire protection. They were sentenced to eight years and eight months in prison. The firework technicians on trial were sentenced to six years and ten months each. The final sentences were generally shorter than those issued in the courts of first instance. The Court of Appeal ruled that some of those convicted should pay damages of tens of millions of euros to the survivors and the victims' families. There was also a political consequence in the immediate aftermath of the fire. The large street protests under the slogan Corruption Kills, held at the time, led to the resignation of the then government. This was, however, not enough to move things decisively onto the path of normality that implies efficiency and honesty in the administration. And that was Radio Newsreel. Listeners' Day on Radio Romania International. Dear friends, Sunday the 6th of November 2022 will be Listeners' Day on Radio Romania International, celebrated a week after the Romanian Radio Day, marked on the 1st of November. 2022 will go down in history and equally in the collective memory as a very special year, but not like the year the whole world emerged out of the pandemic, as most of us would have expected. On the morning of February the 24th, the old continent was shattered by an armed conflict after almost 80 years of peace. Large-scale propaganda and disinformation campaigns meant to create chaos and confusion have also become part of the confrontation. The information warfare is not a new kind of reality. However, its effects have become more visible than ever against the backdrop of the war in Ukraine because the war has brought a real explosion of fake news and disinformation with it. In this year's edition of Listener's Day on Radio Romania International, we ask you what sources of information about the war in Ukraine are the most reliable for you? How can you identify fake news from real news? How vulnerable you think you are to disinformation? Have you removed from your list the sources of information proven to be spreading fake news and disinform the public? which is the role that public radio, and an international radio station in particular, plays in your life during this period of time. We are looking forward to receiving your answers, which will be included in our show 
on the 6th of November. You can email them to us at engl at rri.o, post them on Facebook, or send them as a comment to this article on Radio Romania International's website at www.rri.o. If you like, you can also send us pre-recorded answers via WhatsApp at plus four o seven double four three one two six five o, or you can send us your telephone number so we can call you from the studio and record your opinions. Thank you. The History Show. Welcome to the History Show. Today with me, Cristina Mateescu. Borders are conventional landmarks, real or imaginary, that delineate cultural areas, communities, cities, countries, continents and mentalities. Borders exist and will most likely continue to exist in the future, even in these globalized times, because people seem to need them. The southern border of the Romanian geocultural area is considered the River Danube, the great pan-European navigation route. One might even say that today's Romania is a creation of the Danube, in line with the new concept of the unity of the continent that emerged in the 19th century. Looking back in time, the Danube has acted as a hard border, but one that has been crossed. The Roman Empire was the first power in southeastern Europe to have the Danube as its border and to go beyond it. Romanians have inhabited both banks of the river and the biggest ethnic Romanian communities are to be found in Banat, in Timok Valley, in Serbia and Bulgaria. Other smaller communities were in cities like Turtukaya and Silistra and along the course of the Lower Danube to where the Danube Delta begins. The most active ethnic Romanian communities on the right-hand side of the Danube were those in Turtukaya and Silistra. Turtukaya, which is located some 70 kilometers southeast of Bucharest, was home in 1774 to a Romanian language school founded by the teacher Rusu Sharum. Silistra was also home to a school that taught in the Romanian language, which had been founded prior to 1850, as recorded by the teacher Petru Mihail in 1847. The entire area had a diverse ethnic composition, including, apart from Romanians, Bulgarians, Turks and Roma. After 1913, when the quadrilateral that also included the two cities became part of Romania, the share of the Romanian population increased. The recollections of people who were born near Silistra are full of examples of good cohabitation, not just about differences. 
1997, the archaeologist Petre Diaconu told Radio Romania's All History Center about his multi-ethnic family. Mama mea nu era românica. Se trăgea dintr-un neam de bulgari și de greci. My mom had Bulgarian and Turkish ancestors, and my dad was Romanian. But after marriage, my mom became more Romanian than the Romanians. I remember a football match once between Romania and Bulgaria, and my mom was more devastated than my dad when Romania were in difficulty. I learned to speak Bulgarian not so much from her, but from the other children. At home, we spoke only Romanian. My mom had learned Romanian very well, and her parents knew Romanian from even before 1913. They owned large flocks of sheep and used to employ Transylvanian shepherds who ran away from Transylvania because they didn't want to be called up in the army. So they crossed Wallachia and ended up south of the Danube, where they found employment as shepherds. Politics changed the people's lives. It made some abandon what they'd had before, while others it provided with new opportunities. Petre Diaconu. In 1913, when the Romanian troops entered southern Dobroja after the Bucharest Peace Treaty, my father said many families experienced the same situation. Many Bulgarians and Turks spoke Romanian. I had to learn not only Bulgarian but also Turkish, because the village where I was born and where I would later spend all my school holidays had a majority Turkish population. My nanny was Turkish. I remember she was so fond of me that she was in tears in 1936, when I was 12 years old, and she had to leave for Turkey with her husband, children and relatives. She loved me like her own children. Petre Diaconu became an archaeologist, a decision, he says, was largely influenced by one of the teachers he had in high school. When I went to high school in Silistra, we all became fascinated with the historical past, ancient history and archaeology. The school's director, Pericle Papahagi, a scholar well known among philologists, had moved to Silistra. He had given up his chair at the university and came to Silistra to teach philology and then became the director of the school. He did that so as to receive the A-Romanian, Macedo-Romanian settlers who were coming from Macedonia, being himself of Macedo-Romanian origin. Well, he had this passion for collecting old things and antiques. The small Romanian communities on the right-hand side of the Danube River view the river as a border, but not one that separates, but one which unites. And that was the history show.
Next on Radio Romania International, Think Greener. The development of road and railway infrastructure is important for the economy, but it also has adverse effects with respect to the conservation of biodiversity. A dense network of motorways and roads and the expansion of urban settlements make it more difficult or even impossible for wild animals to move around within their natural habitat, which is becoming increasingly fragmented. The Apusen Nature Park is located in the centre-west of Romania and stretches across three different counties, Alba, Bihor and Cluj. In the absence of alleviating measures, the development of infrastructure can lead to a fragmentation of the areas where wild animals live and travel, even within a protected area of national interest like the Apusen Nature Park. The park's director, Alin Mosh, calls for the migration corridors for large mammals to be preserved. The Apusen Mountains are like an island surrounded by lower areas. The presence here of large mammals such as wolves, bears and lynxes is no accident. Fossils of many mammals that used to live in these parts tens of thousands of years ago were found in the park's caves. Back then, however, these animals were able to migrate freely to neighboring areas, something which is no longer possible due to the development of human society, both in the mountainous areas and especially in the nearby areas. Infrastructure has also developed a lot, but very often, unfortunately, especially in the last few decades, it did not take into account the migration of these species. The media frequently contains reports about bears ending up in inhabited areas, even cities, and entering into conflict with humans. We asked the director of the Apusen Nature Park, Alin Mosh, about the situation of the bear population in this protected area. There are around 30 bears in the park area today, which is an optimal number. There haven't been serious problems in recent decades in terms of conflicts between people and animals, for two reasons. First, the number of bears has never been excessive, and they've always had enough food. In terms of territory, the Apusen Mountains are distinctive in that people have inhabited both their lower and higher areas, with permanent habitation to up to 1,400 meters, dating back a long time. In time, people have managed to cohabit with the animals, all the more so as there has always been enough room for either side. So an optimal density of the bear population, coupled with the existence of trophic support, and especially of quiet areas where animals can breed, led to few conflicts between people and bears, with no conflicts at all in some areas. According to a recent survey, 12 lynxes and 26 wolves, which are divided into three different packs, have been identified in the Apusen Nature Park. And that was Think Greener.
next in this program. Sports. Welcome, I am Mihaela Ignatescu. Romanian athlete Ana Maria Barbosu has qualified for the final of the all-around competition of the World Gymnastics Championships in Liverpool. She finished the qualifications held on Saturday and Sunday in 23rd place, with a total score of 52.233. She scored 13 points on vault, 13.43 on uneven bars, 12.50 on beam and 13.30 on floor. Brazilian gymnast Rebecca Andrade came in first. She was followed by two American athletes, Shailis Jones and Jade Carey. 24 athletes will take part in the final, scheduled for Thursday. Romania's women's handball team was defeated on Saturday in Tatabania by its Hungarian counterpart, 33-28, in a preparation game for the European Championship that starts at the end of the week in Slovenia, North Macedonia and Montenegro. The most goals of the Romanian team, 11, were scored by Sorina Grozav. On Wednesday, also in Hungary, Romania will meet Germany in the last friendly game before the Europeans. Steaua Bucharest water polo team qualified for the round of 16 of the men's LEN Euro Cup competition after defeating on Sunday the Portuguese team Vitoria Guimarães with a score of 14-5 in the last game of Group F of the competition. In the ranking, the Italian team Ortigia was in the first place with 12 points, followed by Steaua with 9, the Hungarian team BFSC Zuglo with 6, the Serbian team Valis with 3 and Victoria Guimarães with no points. The first two teams go to the round of 16 of the LEN Euro Cup and the others will continue in the Challenger Cup. Over the weekend, games took place in the Romanian football Superliga, counting for the 16th stage, the first of the return leg. On Friday in Ploiești, Kindia Târgoviște and FC Botoșan ended in a tie, 2-2. And in Craiova, Farul Constanța beat FC U2-1. On Saturday, Petrolul Ploiești beat Voluntari 1-0. With the same score, Universitatea Craiova won away from home the match against Sepsi Sfântul Gheorghe. On Sunday in Arad, FC Argeș won the game against UTA with 1-0. In the evening in the derby, in Bucharest, Rapid beat CFR Cluj 2-1. The last two games of the stage, Mioven Hermannstadt and Universitatea Cluj FCSB are due on Monday. In the ranking, Farul is in first place with 37 points. Next is Rapid with 32. That was today's sports roundup. You are listening to Radio Romania International. Hi there, I'm Ana Maria Popescu with a new show in the Music Time series, bringing you new music at the English service of Radio Romania International. This weekend, I'd like to bring to your attention an important event for Romanian jazz lovers. The National Jazz Orchestra of France came for a tour in Romania for the first time in nearly 30 years with concerts in Ploiești on October the 27th, Sibiu on October the 28th and Bucharest on November the 1st. (laughs) 
with the guitarist and composer Frédéric Moron as its leader since January 2019, the ONJ has embarked on an extensive project to commission works and to collaborate with composers of unique styles, which makes this tour particularly suitable to our show, given, as you know, that it focuses on new emerging musicians and works in all music genres. I had a chance to chat with Frederic Moron just ahead of the tour in Romania. Mr. Frederic Moron, thanks for joining me. Let me start by asking you how familiar are you with the Romanian public and what your expectations are about playing here? So that's the first time that uh, we are going to play in Romania, so we're very happy to go to these venues. Uh, well, I hope that like with any kind of audience, the audience will be delighted to dive into the kind of music that we're offering them. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm sure that it's going to be great. You've been the leader of the National Jazz Orchestra of France since 2019, and this has been a rather difficult and challenging period for everybody. And yeah. yet you seem to, to have made it your priority to support contemporary composers, contemporary works, experimenting. Yep. Now, this is not a safe bet. Is it not the safe choice? Yeah, um, no, no, that's true. But I mean, we we are Orchestre National de Jazz is an orchestra that is funded by uh, French government, and and uh, I think this is one of our main uh, mission is to continue to produce new music and to you know give the opportunities to people, composers, and musicians to express themselves uh, in new ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though the, the, the period has been very difficult, we, we tried to, you know, help all the musicians that we're working with so that this period could be less difficult than it would have been without, you know, giving them a safe uh, working environment. You're in a unique position because you're in contact with so many contemporary composers and artists. Would you say there are any trends or directions in today's contemporary jazz, or is everything eclectic and moving in different directions? No, I would say that it's very difficult to know, I mean, when you are living the music, mm. uh, to really know what are the trends, because you are into it, so you need to have a kind of, you know... Uh, a distance. Uh, it's, it's possible, yeah, a distance. possible to do it for the probably the, the 80s, the 90s, mm-hmm. probably the early 2000 years. But for the last 10 years, I would for me, it's difficult to see if there are trains or stuff going on. One thing is that history of jazz has always been, you know, a bit the same. That I mean, jazz music is just catching the trains and trying to incorporate stuff inside the music we play using improvisation. I can tell you that with some, some of the music that I'm working on, uh, for example, the program uh, we did with Steve Lehman in, in the U.S., uh, we, we'd, we'd just been uh, doing a tour uh, in late September, incorporating, uh, you know, spectral uh, music into our writings, uh, incorporating also new technologies uh, mm-hmm. with uh, IRCAM. Okay, probably this might become a trend, but I don't really know if it's a trend because I don't really see a lot of people doing what we're doing. So, yeah, it's difficult to to know uh, if there are trends. I mean, probably there are trends on the market and Mm. that I'm pretty sure of. But on the real music, you know, I, I don't really, it's difficult for me to, without any kind of distance.
you will have three concerts in Romania promoting the orchestra's yeah, yeah, latest yeah. album, Rituals. Can you give us a few details about the album? Yeah, yeah. It's an album that is, in a certain way, it resembles uh, the concept albums that some, some musicians were doing in the 70s and 80s. And the goal was to, you know, we wrote the program, we were five composers, three ladies and, and two men. We tried to uh, work together on a, a book that's called uh, Les Techniciens du Sacré, which is a book that is a collection of uh, ancient texts and poems and stuff like that, but mm -hmm. very ancient from all over the world. Some of them are like uh, two or three or four, seven years old. And uh, we try to find together some thematics that were uh, like uh, present in any kind of on any kind of text mm -hmm. and stuff that are, you know, the basis of human uh, behavior I mean, uh, mm -hmm. and human uh, questions. So uh, about death, about, uh, you know, uh, life, about birth, about uh, food, about sex, about all the, those, those ideas that are all around the world in any kind of text if you look at old stuff and it's all about this kind of, of thematics and so we work together on that and we use some of this text to give a kind of coherence to the work and for us at the end the piece was more like you know a succession of uh, musical rituals mm -hmm. that you could interpret either like you know rituals for a, a day or rituals for seasons or rituals for life mm -hmm. and uh, so we really want to, to have you know this kind of journey for the public uh, through uh, all that music if you don't mind i'd like to get a little personal and ask you what did you learn from working with yeon and jay after your previous experience with the ping machine wow that's a very good question and that's not something I get asked often. Uh, probably, I would say that the biggest challenge for a musician when you're going into an artistic direction and, you know, running a, an orchestra with, like, Orchestra Nationale Jazz, like an institution, is mm -hmm. to, that you have to be aware that probably half of your working time will be devoted to something else than doing music. <laughs> And uh, that's very important because otherwise it doesn't work. You cannot mm -hmm. just say, okay, I'll, I'll do some music. Maybe it, it did work like 40 years ago, but now you cannot say, okay, I'm going to play the music and conduct the orchestra and write the music and stuff and, and everything will be okay and I just, you know, wait for stuff to happen. These days uh, in the work that you do as an artistic director of, of an institution is that you also deal with all, all the kind of, you know, you have to be into management and you know you have uh, you have a team that you have to work with and and you have to organize stuff and you also have to think about you know uh, what you want the structure to be in several years mm -hmm. even after you're gone after you know you change uh, work probably uh, you have to think about you know the future of the structure so and also some stuff I learned or maybe that some stuff I couldn't do with my ex ensemble with mm -hmm. Pink Machine was that Pink Machine was really about the music I was writing And now with Orchestre National de Jazz, I try, I really try to ask myself every time we do something, well, as the National Orchestra, should we do that? Is, mm -hmm. the, is this really the mission that we should fulfill? Because for me, trying to use the public fundings, I mean, we, we depend on, on the money from the state and uh, this is money for, you know, everybody pays for yeah. that money. That's yeah. kind of money coming from the taxes. So we really have to, you know, have a fair use of the money. So mm -hmm. that's why we built a youth orchestra that's why we're doing uh, youth shows 
I mean, the shows for for young kids mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Because for me, it's it's also a way of you know a fair use for me of of the of the public money. Yeah, Which was and and when I was working with my own ensemble, I mean, I could concentrate only on you know doing the music I was writing. But with the orchestra, I really have to try to find a balance between stuff that are really serving a kind of community and also still maintaining the spirit you were speaking about about you know doing new music and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We are, you have to find a balance. That was guitarist and composer Frédéric Moron, artistic director of the National Jazz Orchestra of France. This has been all in Music Time Today. I'm Anna Maria Popescu. Thanks for listening. Living Romania. This is Bucharest Radio Romania International. DX Mailbag. Welcome to a new edition in our DX Mailbag series. I'm Eugen Nasta. Once again, we go on a journey around the world, greeting listeners and friends, allowing you to compare how other listeners across the continents receive our programs. The first message we're taking out of the mailbag this week is the one sent in by Craig Christ of Manassas, Virginia, the United States of America. Craig tuned into a broadcast on October the 1st, 2022, from 0100 to 056 hours UTC on 7375 kHz. We quote from his message, program ID, news beginning with the headlines, report on fuel support subsidies, comment on education minister scandal, hit of the day was the song I Don't Belong, the Green Planet, with a report on the Danube Delta Reconstruction Project. Sports Weekend, with reports on water polo, women's handball and football Super League. Cultural Event, with a report on sculpture exhibits at the Bucharest City Hall Museum. Truly Romanian, featured folk songs from northwestern Romania. A love song was played. Simply folk with the song How Beautiful Love Is. Craig's Sinbo rating for the signal of our broadcast was 45544. 
Mr. Christ's receiving equipment is made of a wind radio G33 DDC SDR Excalibur Pro receiver with a 134-foot homemade multiband antenna running northwest to southeast. Mikio Kohara, our 72-year-old listener based in Osaka, Japan, tuned into a radio broadcast on October the 1st, 2022, from 2200 to 2256 hours UTC on 9790 kHz. Mikio's SINPO rating for the signal of our broadcast was 45444 to 32532, good to poor. Mr. Kohara uses an ICOM ICR75 with an AORSA700 1.8 meter road type antenna. You are listening to Radio Romania International. You are the Radio Romania International. The DX mailbag continues with Mr. Kohara's message. Among the main points of the program Mikhail listened to, there was the news, Russia declares annexation of four Ukrainian provinces. China, India and four countries oppose UN resolutions condemning Russia. Romania supports modernization of Moldovan armed forces. We can review... Romania denounces Russia's actions as violation of international law. Extension of emergency economic measures for fuel and energy prices. Romanian delegation attended the state funeral for former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. The Romanian economy in the first months. Then there was a song by a male singer, Mario, folk-style song. We had World of Culture, an interview talk about an exhibition at a museum with a world-class collection of paintings. Radio Romania International Encyclopedia talk about an introduction to 19th century Austro-Hungarian artist, male rock band and jazz-style music. The DX Mailbox, introduction of letters and reception reports from listeners in the USA, Canada, Japan and Indonesia. Music, female singer, I love my voice, schedule of English service, female announcer. Francis Lawler, based in Dublin, Ireland, wrote the following. We quote, Dear Radio Romania International, I would like your latest QSL card, please. I heard your station in English on October the 1st, 2022, from 2230 to 2300 hours UTC, on 7310 kHz with a simple rating of 34333. The receiver I was using this time was an XH Data D808 with antenna 57 meters long. Your program was DX Mailbag, that's from Mexico, Japan, Denmark, followed by Simply Folk. Mr. Sanil Deep based in Calicut, Kerala, South India, sent in his monthly reception reports for August and September 2022. Among other items in our program, Sanil tuned into listeners' letterbox on August the 28th and September the 4th, respectively. Sanil uses an ICOM IC7100 HT transceiver 
with a horizontal dipole antenna about 80 feet above ground level. Mr Deep's SIO rating for the signal of our broadcast was 343. Hans-Werner Lollicke, our good old friend living in Hedderhusen in Denmark, tuned into our radio station on October the 5th, 2022, from 0530 to 0600 hours UTC on 9660 kHz. Hans's Sinpo rating for the signal of our broadcast was 43333. The receiving equipment is made of a Sony ICF SW7600GR receiver with a telescopic antenna. Among the programs Hans tuned into, there was the news. Romania will have a 4.6% growth. Police have imprisoned a group of espionage. Nobel Prize in Physics features gay situation, education and education ministers inside Romania, fashion in Romanian cultural events, Bucharest International Film Festival, focusing on Ukraine. Malik Allah Bachaya Kokar of the Sungat Radio Listeners Club in Pakistan tuned into our radio broadcast on October the 5th, 2022, from 1930 to 2000 hours UTC on 59.10 kHz with a simper of 55544. Abdul Alim, based in the district of Tanjavur, Tamil Nadu in India, tuned into Radio Romania International's broadcast in Romanian on 11.950 kHz on October the 6th, 2022, from 1300 to 1330 hours UTC. Mr. Alim's equipment is made of a Texun pl 310 at receiver with a telescopic antenna. The signal strength, Mr. Alim's SINPO rating for the signal of our broadcast was 53344. Mr. Alan Gale, living in Lancashire, United Kingdom, tuned into our radio station on Monday, the 26th of September 2022, from 1700 to 1755 hours UTC on 97600 kHz in DRM system. Alan's Sinbo rating for the signal of our broadcast was 5 all. Very good reception throughout the entire broadcast. Mr. Gale's receiving equipment is made of a JRC NRD 525 with a DRM decoder card receiver with an AD370 active mounted outdoors antenna. Mr. Richard Lemke, living in St. Albert, Alberta in Canada, tuned into our radio station on October the 30th, 2022 on 7375, 9850 kHz from 0300 0352 hours UTC. Among the items Richard tuned into, there were the Traveller's Guide, Generation 3.0 and In the Spotlight, at that time focusing on the third edition of the festival, invited film enthusiasts to return to the cinema halls. That's all we had time for in this week's DX Mailbag. Those of you who sent in their reception reports will receive a QSL card in the shortest time possible. Tune in again next week. Until then, from me, Eugen Nasta, 
It's goodbye and all the best 73s. Focus on Romania. Coming up next on Radio Romania International. Simply Folk. Today's edition of Simply Folk features the beloved vocalist Ilana Sororoyu, who unfortunately died at only 42, but left behind one of the richest collections of beautiful traditional and party songs. So to end today's broadcast, we invite you to listen to Ilana Sararoyu performing a song titled Demu Longing Heart. And with that, our broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa has come to an end. You can listen to our next program for Western Europe at 1800 hours UTC on 7350 kHz in the DRM system and on 9770 kHz in analog system. Listeners in Africa can receive our programs tomorrow at 1200 hours UTC on 17821 kHz. We can also be heard on the internet at ri.ro channel 1. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write an email at engl at ri.ro. Goodbye. <laughs>